Today on CityCast Denver. When I met my husband, Greg, one of the first things I noticed about him was the way he talked. He had a nice voice, but he also had this sort of West Denver cadence that was familiar to me. Turns out he grew up in Baker and later Bear Valley, or Bear Valley as his friend group pronounces it. I think about this a lot, this idea of a Denver accent. Is there one? Or maybe are there a few? We did a little digging, and there are actually people studying the phenomenon of the Denver accent at CU Boulder. So I called him up. Jeremy Calder is an assistant professor in the linguistics department, and Andrew Ting is a graduate student working with Calder on a new research project looking into how Denverites talk. Today is Wednesday, April 27th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. It's, it's so funny because I can watch a whole season of Love is Blind and not have a single <laughs> interruption a sing- in your internet a service. interruption, but anytime I have like a, an important meeting or something like that, it like cuts out every five minutes. Jeremy Calder and Andrew Ting, welcome to CityCast Denver. Hi, we're excited to be here. Thank you for having us. So you two are studying linguistics at CU Boulder, and I wanted to talk to you because you're working on a sort of rare research project looking into the Denver accent. And I know um, we've been looking into this for a while as it just kind of anecdotally as a show, we've been talking about it, but there isn't a ton of actual research out there about if Denver has an accent and what it sounds like. Why do you think there's a lack of research? So there's been study on this large dialect west of the Mississippi River called the Western Vowel Shift. Um, And a lot of um, previous research kind of characterizes everything west of the Mississippi River as one dialect region, which is kind of now where we're starting to see isn't so true. Um, People are starting to look at different regions within the West and um, there are some differences that are emerging, but there's, there's long been this idea that all of the dialectal variation is like east of the Mississippi River. Like there's a bunch of dialects in the Northeast and the Midwest and the South, but for whatever reason, the West has just always been characterized as one big blob of monolithic dialect. And that is like, as a person like born and raised here, it's that doesn't that doesn't resonate with me at all. Yeah. And maybe it's because it's like we're particular, you know, about how our how we identify with where we're from and things like that, which is, I think, a big component of the how we speak. But um, that's so interesting. We're just kind of we've been homogenized. Yeah. Like I'm originally from New Mexico and I would be considered the same dialect as somebody from Denver, as somebody from California. And that, to me, that doesn't resonate either. So I think people have an intuition that that's not really true. And research is is kind of now starting to delve into that. Yeah. So maybe, Andrew, do you want to talk about that? What you all are looking into when we look at when you're looking at this specific topic of an accent here in Denver? Yeah. So specifically, what we focus on is um, looking at vowel shifts. And essentially, what that means is that, especially in um, varieties of English, consonants tend to be relatively stable, but English has a pretty large amount of vowels. And over time, as English left Britain and came over here, vowels changed quite a lot, and they move places. And we characterize different dialectal shifts and regions in the US according to these sort of vowel shifts. And 
Um, as Jeremy mentioned earlier, the Western vowel shift is one of the main patterns of movement that we see that characterizes uh, west of the Mississippi. And what we're trying to see now is whether or not Colorado adheres to the patterns that we see with the Western vowel shift or whether it diverges from them. Can you talk a bit more about that Western vowel shift? Like, what does that sound like? Um, so one thing that characterizes the Western vowel shift, and this is something that I do do as somebody from New Mexico, the vowels in the words lot and thought for me are the same vowel. When I pronounce them, they're both ah. But um, there are dialects east of the Mississippi that pronounce those as two different vowels, maybe something like lot and thought, ah, ah. Most people in, in the West have those, what we call the merger of lot and thought, where those two vowels are pronounced the same. But one thing that we found that was really surprising in our data in Denver is that people have been merging lot and thought for a long time. So even our oldest speakers pronounce those two vowels the same. So this is something that might be perceived by some as, oh, this is an element of the Western vowel shift that has been shown in California. So maybe Denver is becoming more like California in this way. But actually, we see that this is something that may have even been here longer than it's been in California. <laughs> so it, it, it's really interesting. Hi, my name is Hannah. I grew up in Park Hill and I live in City Park West. And I do not think that Denverites have an accent per se, but I do believe that we're particularly bad at pronouncing T's in the middle of words like button instead of button or curtain instead of curtain or mountain instead of mountain. I've lived a lot of places besides Denver, but I'm from Denver and I feel like I get that a lot. And I love City House Denver so much. Thanks for doing what you do. Yeah, so this is super, super interesting. And I and I hope that people aren't going to get mad at me for this. <laughs> <laughs> send send me hate mail. Send me hate mail. No. <laughs> but it's it's really funny because there's <laughs> there's these ideas that that uh, there are certain words that are so connected to the ideology of a place. Mountain is one of these words. Colorado is or Colorado is one of these words, right? Um so in talking with interviewees we had a lot of people express that mountain seemed like something that was um, unique to the Denver accent, like the pronunciation of the mountain with a uh, what, what we call a glottal stop, where you make the T with your throat, uh, ah. uh, 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 mountain. Yeah. There's this idea that this is a local pronunciation. Um, but funnily enough, this is this uh thing before an N, like in mountain, button. This this is a, a general phenomenon of American English. Wow. So this really, really illuminates in a very interesting way the connection between language and ideology. Like this is something that's very ideologically important to this place, mountains. So because of that, mm -hmm. there's this idea that there's a certain way of pronouncing it that's unique. Um, but unfortunately, we have not seen that there's anything unique about the pronunciation of the word mountain here. And I know that's going to like make people <laughs> I know, <it's> like, <laughs> upset to hear. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. Mountain is not specific to Denver or Colorado. This is a thing that Americans do. Hi there. My name is Andy, a longtime listener, first time caller from West Colfax. I totally think Denver has an accent. And it's really subtle. It took me a long time to pick up on it because the first people I lived with when I moved out here were 
themselves from Wisconsin or Kansas and, you know, other parts of the Midwest. But when you listen to, like, our our uh, congresswoman, Deanna DeGette, talks, she has that kind of accent. Essential workers on the front lines of the pandemic, including the healthcare workers like those in my home state of Colorado and around the country, are experiencing burnout and reporting their own increased mental health struggles. I hear it sometimes in Brie, too. There's like, um, it's kind of a short up in the middle of, like, I guess syllables and vowels I wouldn't normally go up on. I can't impersonate it. Anyways, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I love CityCast Denver. Bye. So, so this is something that is a feature of the West called the Feel Fill Merger. Uh, this is something that we do in New Mexico, too. Um, where it's like, oh, that's real hard. Like, it's uh, it's almost like like feel and fill have the same vowel, um, where they kind of where they merge, right? They uh, a merger is when two distinct vowels become the same. Um, so this is something that's found in the West. Um, we haven't specifically looked at this feature in our sample yet, but this gives us a good idea, right? Like, this is the the cool <laughs> thing about conversations like this is it gives us ideas of where to go next. And in my intuition, as somebody that, you know, grew up in the Mountain West, is that this is something we do do. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how much this is a thing among our people in, in Colorado. So I've also learned from friends in California that the Chicano identity that we have pretty present here in Colorado is not necessarily a way that folks identify in other parts of the country. But um, that's an influence that I think about when I think about the Colorado accent is my friends that identify as Chicano um, or maybe of Mexican heritage. It's just like my neighborhood's a little bit different, but I'm thinking about like the true West Siders, the true North Siders, the true East Siders is where you hear this. Yo, what up, Bree Davies, Coco Davies. It's your boy Op on the audio bot from the North Side, Denver. West Side born, and we're talking about say things in Denver, how you say things if you're from here. What's up, E bud, wise out, yahoo, fool, yay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm from Denver's bud. It's your boy Ot, sending you love from the North Side. Is that something that you all are finding? Is that Spanish speaking influence having anything to do with how we talk? That that's super interesting, and and that that ties into this Colorado versus Colorado thing. Yeah. Um, where where Colorado is a much more Anglo pronunciation of this word, right? Because the the vowel in Spanish is ah, Colorado. Right. So uh, it, it it's really really interesting. And one thing that we want to explore next is we want to explore these neighborhoods like um the North Side, um like the Santa Fe area. Um, which, which have historically had high populations of Chicano residents, but, um, especially on the north side, there's, uh, a lot of gentrification happening. Um, so we're, one thing that we're wanting to explore in the future is how gentrification is affecting pronunciation patterns in these neighborhoods. Oh, oh my gosh, Jeremy, I could talk to you all day. (laughs) (laughs) The more you talk, the more I'm like, you're just talking how I'm thinking about, like, there's just such a crossover to me of New Mexico, Colorado. It's so funny because like I have friends from the East Coast that aren't super familiar with the New Mexico accent. And whenever they hear my accent, (laughs) they say that I kind of sound Minnesotan, but kind of not. And I think it's because like in Minnesota, when you pronounce the vowel O, 
it's like oh oh it's like way back there like you your tongue is so far back in your mouth like oh don't you know like I feel like that's part of the stereotype and one of the things that we do in Chicano English is oh 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 like that always oh, way back there because in Spanish it's oh oh um oh. so I think people are picking up on that but Anglo especially in the west um the western dialect the o oh is almost like more for, forward like oh, like I'm gonna exaggerate it like a valley girl sound but like oh my god um so it's it's always <laughs> one of those vowels that I think is really going to differentiate Chicano speakers from white speakers um yes. and one one that I really want to look at in these gentrifying neighborhoods cuz it cuz it would it as as there's a, an influx of people from outside um there's this theory that when you're around people um your speech might accommodate to the people that you're around so like like speech changes over time based on who you're around um, so I'm, I'm really, really, uh, our next step for this project is exploring these gentrifying neighborhoods, like, um, these Chicano neighborhoods and, and places like Five Points or, uh, uh like uh, historically African American neighborhoods to see how, um, pronunciation shifts might be reflected in linguistic shifts. Yeah. Cause I'm thinking, so my husband's from this area called Bear Valley and it's, um, a lot of. I think a lot of Chicano families moved there. So it's a it's a real mix of Ch- Chicano and Spanish-speaking folks and white people. My husband's a white guy, but a lot of times, especially when he's around his Bear Valley friends, it comes out and it's exactly what you're describing right now is like that Chicano-influenced um, way of speaking. And it's kind of just dotted all over the city. But I think, again, you're right. It's changing as as our neighborhoods change. But also the the Colorado conversation reminds me of the Denver conversation, which is some people say Denver and some people say Denver. But that's such a I think it's a pretty small group of folks that say that. So this is another feature of the Western dialect. OK, like the eh vowel in words like Denver and dress. In the West, it, it becomes something more like Danver and Drass. And, and, and it's almost part of like the stereotype of like the California accent, right? Like Drass. But it's something that happens across the West. Um, so, so Danver could be um, one manifestation of this vowel kind of becoming more Western sounding. Okay. And when I say Western, I don't mean cowboy. I mean like the Western United States, <laughs> almost like... What has been what has been found in California? So where are you all at with your research? Like, what are you hoping to do, or or what's the next steps here? I think the biggest priority for us is collecting more data from more data or collecting interviews from a larger age range, and also from a more diverse set of identity dimensions. Because I think that what you've brought up with this idea of Chicano Spanish bilingual speakers is really interesting, and it's not something that we have explored a whole lot yet. Another thing is that we have found it more difficult to find older speakers, and they are extremely important to this sort of research. So we're trying to uh, also explore dimensions of social class, of race and ethnicity, and also see maybe more fine-grained distinctions between like, you know, if we can get speakers from other areas like Boulder, Fort Collins, Junction, uh, other areas in the front range and see if there are distinctions that we can make to say not just a Colorado accent, but also more distinct regional ways of speaking. Yeah. And I think we haven't really touched on it a ton, but I'm thinking about, um, 
you know, Denver's black identity, um, our Five Points community, our Park Hill folks, they're going to speak differently too. Um, I just happen to grow up more on the, like, the Chicano side of things. So that's what I think about. But I also know my friends from those parts of the city also say specific things like I know Denver is sometimes something that folks say versus Denver or Denver. And I think that that mm-hmm. um, is definitely also representative of the wider, you know, Denver accent. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I think you're bringing up a really interesting point. We have this idea that there's a single accent for a place. And um, not to ruffle any feathers, but usually what what accent gets um, characterized as the accent for that place is the accent that white people use. Um, and <laughs> and you're you're very right in that um, different ethnicities do you know have different speech patterns sometimes, and that doesn't make them any less local. That doesn't make them any less representative of the area. So to to get a, a full picture of what the Denver accent is. We, wa- we want to know what the Denver accents are and the plurality uh, of the Denver accent and how um, various identities, various ethnicities, various sexual orientations, various, all of these things um, are represented um, in the Denver population and how, how that reflects itself through language. So we are definitely still hoping to get more and more and more interviews with a wider and wider range of people. I love this. Well, Jeremy and Andrew, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. I'm sad to report that the two eaglets at Stanley Lake appear to have died. The Denver Gazette reports that researchers noticed that the mother eagle, known as F420, was seen feeding herself, but not offering food to her nest. Avian flu is one suspected culprit, but research into the baby eagle's deaths is ongoing. And now for a moment of joy. Elitch Gardens opens for the season this weekend. Catch a ride on the Twister 2, the Sidewinder, or the Mind Eraser, and enjoy this downtown version of the park while it lasts. Denverite reports that the fate of Elitch's remains uncertain, but we aren't giving up hope just yet. The park's owners are still on the lookout for a new location for Elitch's 3.0. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton laments the loss of the great Home Depot hot dog stand. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. And now, um, And now here's a sort of moment of joy.